Welcome to the All Hail Oakland podcast, your place for sports talk, boy bands, and straight propaganda. Here are your hosts, Athletics Rants and Robbie Wilson. We're all in this together, baby. This is Athletics Rants, and welcome back to another episode of the All Hail Oakland podcast. Baseball is back. Robbie's back. And we're going to talk about it. How are you doing today, Robbie? Dude, I am so good. Hey, first of all, thanks to Michael and Patrick for replacing me last week. You guys had a lot of sweet content. Pretty cool episode. Like living back to those old games, man. That was a pretty cool episode. I hope you guys at least listened to it, gave it a try. I know it was a little long, but hey, it was it was a lot of cool stuff. So Michael and Patrick, thank you guys for filling in for me. And I'm super glad to be back, Rance. Yeah, I'm happy to have you back. So can you tell us a little bit about like the recording process and everything that went into it? So yeah, for those who don't know, uh, last week I was gone recording some music for my band called California Moonshine. And basically, it was our first time legitimately recording in a studio. Uh, we're doing the same person who's going to be doing our album in August. And for the people who don't know that music, especially when you have a lot of instruments involved, musically producing something, it takes a lot. And you rec- you're recording and we're playing the exact same thing over and over and over again. And it takes a while. We took, I believe it was nine and a half hours to do two songs. And just that was one day's work. So when we go up in August to record our album, we have four days and we need to record 10 more songs. So we're going to have to hustle and it's going to be interesting. But man, nothing better than playing some music. But um, second best thing is being on this podcast. And I'm super glad to be back. And I'm ready to talk some fucking baseball, baby. Let's go. We're back. Let's get right into things. So, as we heard, baseball's finally back. There's going to be an opening day, July 23rd or 24th, which I'm really excited about because July 23rd is my birthday, and there's nothing more I want to do than watch Garrett Cole and Matt Scherzer just go at it in D.C. That's going to be a blast. Dude, totally. Totally agree. July 23rd is the date for the first one, right? They want to do like that primetime matchup thing, and then the next day everybody plays, right? Yeah, I believe that's what they want to do. They announced there's going to be a 60-game season. Every team's going to play 10 games against their division rival and then four games against every team in the like opposite division. Like For the A's, we're playing four games against every team in the NL West. So I'm really excited to play teams like the Dodgers, Padres, D-backs, Giants, and Rockies. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, and also it helps that we get to play the Giants a little bit more because, as we know, they're just not very good. But as you said, I am excited to play the Dodgers more, but that's going to be more of a challenge for the A's, obviously. And also, too, if you want to make the playoffs, it's going to be kind of a disadvantage because you're not going to see those East Coast teams during the regular season until you make the playoffs. So scouting's going to be weird. I know Bob Melvin talked about it on the High Heat show with Chris Russo about scouting's going to be really important and how you guys watch video during the regular season on these East Coast teams, Central teams that you're not going to see in the regular season just because of the of the new alignment of divisions. And it's going to be very, very interesting come playoff time in late September, October. No, I definitely agree. I want to ask you something. Now, do you think that the MLB would consider using the 2020 schedule that they originally had in place in 2021? Because as an East Coast A's fan, the A's were supposed to come to Philadelphia and D.C. And it does kind of suck that I won't be able to see them there anymore. But like, hopefully there's a chance that they can run it back in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. That If they can give me an actual reason of why they wouldn't just repeat the same schedule, they never started it. I don't see a reason why they shouldn't do that. And like you said, I know a lot of fans who don't live in the same region as their team are looking forward to seeing their team around their hometown. And I think they need to do that. I think they need to just move it into 2021 the exact same as it was in 2020, just so the fans can get that same experience and that same excitement for the season when their team comes to their town, like the A's were going to Philadelphia and 
NL East teams and whatnot. Yeah, because I've been waiting years for the A's to come to D.C. because they went, Nats went out to Oakland in 2014 and 2017. And I have my one friend, Sean, that since high school, we were talking about how if the A's come to D.C., we got to go to the game. So, yeah, it stinks that it was taken away from us. So if they could rerun it in 2021, that would be awesome. And I know I, I cannot be the only one that feels this way. No, yeah, I totally agree. There's no reason not to, like I said. Well, another good indication that baseball's back, a trade has been made and actually involves our Oakland A's. The A's trade Jorge Mateo. He was our number seven overall prospect in our farm system. We dreamed to the Padres for a player to be named later. Now, Robbie, how do you feel about this trade? And what type, what player or position would you want the A's to get back in this trade? Well, I know a lot of A's fans are kind of mixed on Jorge Mateo. I know the diehard fans really aren't too big on him. I mean, his speed plays, like we've heard the stories about how he turns routine singles into doubles and gappers into triples. His speed is ridiculous. Some of the some of the fastest legs you will see in baseball. And he hit well, number-wise, in AAA. But the PCL is a hitter-friendly league. Have a lot of low-humidity ballparks, high-altitude places, big outfields, fast infields. So it helps the hitters out a lot. And obviously, it's, it's AAA baseball. It's The quality pitching is not as good, obviously. I mean, last year, David Freitas led the league and hitting and he hit fucking 381 i mean it's just ridiculous and Jorge mateo slashed last season 289 330 504 so i mean you look at those numbers rants and you think okay this guy's got a lot of potential right 100 percent. so but those numbers are actually under league average for the most part his, his slugging his on base is below on is below average so he's not walking that much if you want to use that speed you got to get on base right he stole 283 bags in eight minor league seasons which is that's pretty good he was with the yankees before us and then he came to the A's, and now he's going to be with the Padres. You know, I wasn't too big on Mateo. I love the idea of him so much, but, you know, I just really just couldn't get around to him. And that log jam at second base for the A's has just been too much. But I would like to see them figure that out. We'll see the 60-game season, what they do with Tony Kemp and Machine, Pinder, Barreto. They got a lot of options. But what did you think about uh, Jorge Mateo? I mean, I was a big Jorge Mateo fan. I was hoping that he would at least get a look at second base this year. But obviously, with the acquisition of Tony Kemp in the offseason, I kind of figured that wasn't going to happen and that he would be stuck at least in the AAA roster. So I'm glad that him getting moved to San Diego will at least give him a better chance at getting a, ma- a major league spot. Because if it's not with us, I want to at least see him get a chance to prove himself in the major league. So if he can do that with San Diego, that would be awesome. But I was a big Jorge Mateo fan. I mean, how can you not like that speed? Everybody likes that kind of speed and people want that excitement and that's but, you something know, we lack yeah definitely but and a guy made a point i mean i tweeted out uh, yesterday that if Jorge mateo even gets because somebody said like oh a hot take he's gonna win you know rookie of the year and i was like okay that's a hot take for sure and i said if he even gets 75 at bats this season i will consider giving one dollar to everybody who likes this tweet if he hits 225 or better now the key word in that is consider but i just don't think he's gonna hit in the major league level. And I don't think he's going to get consistent at bats in San Diego. It's just, I, I just don't see where he fits in with a lot of clubs in major league baseball. It's like the speed's great, but man, like his defense is me. He's just a, he's just a fast dude. And that's all you can say about Jorge Mateo. Now it is a player to be named later trade. So that means the A's have their eyes on a few guys they want and they had to make their decision pretty soon here. I'm not really, I mean, obviously they're not going to, they're not going to go after like Manny Machado, obviously. I mean, those like big time names, even though A's fans love him. I think what the A's desperately need is a left-handed reliever and the Padres got a couple of good ones that the A's could definitely look at. Uh, I know they signed Drew Pomeranz to, I think a three-year deal. So he's out of that mix. He, he will not be traded, but I think you're going to be looking at guys like Matt Strom, 
Jose Castillo. Those kind of guys will be kind of in the mix to get in return for Jorge Mateo. We'll see what the value the A's think Jorge Mateo is. Obviously, they weren't very big on him. But um, what are your thoughts? Who do you think the A's or what, what, do you, what do you think the A's should attack getting back in this kind of trade? Well, I think bullpen is definitely the weakest unit on this team. We've solidified the starting rotation now. But, yeah, bullpen guys, just anybody really. I do like Strom. I do like Castillo. So if we got either of those guys back, I'd be pretty fine. Right, because we also don't know about Jake Diekman. He still – he said he wants to play, but he's, he's an at-risk citizen. And we'll see how long he'll be able to play this season. And he's a left-handed reliever. And speaking in terms of baseball, business side of it, like you're going to need some depth there because your other lefty reliever is TJ McFarland. And most people are going to be like, who the fuck is TJ McFarland? Oh, yeah, dude. We cannot have that man getting valuable innings, especially in a shortened season. No, no way, dude. And that's why I really wanted AJ Puck in that late inning role. But we might see that later because I just don't see AJ Puck as a starter. But it's just that left handed reliever role in baseball now is so different because of the three batter minimum. They got to get righties out now, and it's going to be extremely interesting. I'm excited to see who the A's get back. I really hope it's Strom or Castillo, hopefully Castillo. But if it's not one of those two, hopefully it's somebody we can use this season. I don't necessarily think they're going to get a minor leaguer back for Jorge Mateo when they're thinking about this season. So we'll see what they do. Forced, I mean, who do we – Mateo was in the Sunny Gray trade, correct? Yeah, I feel like the Sunny Gray trade is pretty much a lost cause now. I mean, all we have left from that trade is James Caprellian, and I don't even know how we feel about him yet. I mean, he was cool at FanFest. He seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he works hard. There's Dustin Fowler, too, but, I mean, geez, yeah, he just fell off the cliff, dude. I, I never liked that trade from the beginning. I know a buddy of mine, his name's Andrew. We were talking about it the day it happened. And, like, we got, we got this crippled outfielder. We got this Tommy John pitcher, and we got this fast dude. And then we just traded that fast dude. But, I mean, the Yankees didn't use Sonny Gray really well at all, and he hated it in New York. So that trade kind of seems like a wash. And anything positive out of Caprillion and Dustin Fowler from this point is great. I mean, I, I would still say the A's got the better end of this deal, but in like the long run, I don't think the A's really benefited much from the trade overall. Yeah, no, they, I mean, it's pretty much just a wash at this point. Speaking of Jake Diekman and at-risk players, how do you feel the coronavirus could potentially affect them finishing this season? Well, man, it's, it's really hard to say right now. I know, I know a few players have already opted out, like guys like Mike Leake, Ryan Zimmerman are not going to play. I know Ian Desmond, he is a mixture of the social injustice issues in the current world right now and also coronavirus he's not going to play baseball's not going to miss Mike Leake and Ryan Zimmerman <laughs> quite frankly we'll see though man it's just it's it's an extremely weird time and I know all these at-risk players are they're eager to play they want to play but they need to be safe for themselves and their families I know guys like looking at their their wives who are currently pregnant like we we love Chad Pinder his wife's pregnant right now now, what if he gets COVID and comes back home and gives his wife COVID and then it affects his unborn child? Like, that's scary to think about, isn't it? Yeah, that is a pretty scary thought. Like, I want, I, as much as these guys want to play baseball, I do admire them for thinking about their family first. 100%. And to, they need to be safe. These guys need to go to their bubble, just like how these golfers are doing it, how hopefully basketball will take care of that as well. They're going to have to do their hotel thing and go to the field and come on back. They can't do anything else. They have to really, really follow these rules. And even Jake Diekman said it in an article that Susan Slusser wrote. It's only for three, four months. You only have to do this for a little bit of your life. You just have to follow these obligations, the, adhere to these guidelines that you have to follow. Just do it for four months, and then we can go back to normal next season, hopefully. But just do the very minimum just to help each other out. 
and just follow the goddamn rules. I mean, that's all I can say. It's going to suck if like bigger name guys start opting out of the thing, out of playing baseball. But I feel like the guys, like the young and single guys who don't have girlfriends, they don't have a family, like they'll be fine. Like they don't have any problem doing any of this stuff. So it's mainly going to be like the veterans who have grown families and stuff already. Yeah. You got, you had to worry about those guys a little bit. I feel like, honestly, I think it's the opposite. I think the veterans are going to be fine. They're going to, they're going to follow the rules because they have a family to think about, right? The guys who are single, young, don't have kids, like aren't married, maybe just have a girlfriend, whatever. I worry about them breaking rules because I know it's the same thing in the NBA. They worry about them young bucks who ain't got nobody. Like it's just them. And I worry about them bringing people back to their hotels saying, Oh, this is just my massage person. This is my chiropractor. It's going to be extremely interesting how this whole thing plays out. And I just pray we get through 60 games, man. I just pray we get through fucking summer camp. I mean, geez, people, uh, teams are supposed to be reporting as of July 1st, which is yesterday when we're recording this. And I know the A's are supposed to be reporting around Saturday. We'll see, man. Uh, I really hope these guys just follow the guidelines and just please let's get through this. I want to watch some baseball. I want to have some type of entertainment this summer and something to look forward to. Yeah, as you said, I do worry about the young players, but I do just hope we can get some baseball back. It's been way too long, and we need it in our lives. Amen, brother. So going back to the A's, they have this thing they're doing during home games where you can pay to have a cardboard cutout of yourself put into the stadium. I believe it costs more to get in like a more prime spot to get hit by foul balls because if your cardboard cutout gets hit by the foul ball, you can you get that ball mailed to you. So how do you feel about that? Honestly, man, this whole thing, like, it's a cute idea. Honestly, from a marketing scheme for the Oakland A's right now, I think they're just trying to cover up what they just tried to do. Like, their operations completely changed when COVID hit. Fisher decided not to pay minor leaguers, furloughed some scouts, and then he was kind of like, oh, never mind, that was a bad idea. And then baseball came back and kind of blanketed all those stupid, horrible marketing decisions. And now they're trying to save a a little bit. They're like, hey, if you're an Access member, Pay $50, send in this fucking picture of yourself, and then we can put it in the seats. And guess what? If it gets shit on by a seagull, you get the seagull. Woohoo! I mean, like, I don't understand, like, the whole process of this. And, I mean, you're charging 50 bucks for access members. You were charging us the same amount of money for, like, two or three extra months after corona hit. And, like, what is the point of this? And you have to pay more to get in foul territory, the good foul territory spots. Once again, it's a cute idea. Like, it's fun for the fans to be like, hee hee, there's my picture. But like, dude, I'm not spending 50 to to $100 to put my mug on a seat to get maybe hit by a foul ball and I won't even see it on TV. Like, I don't understand, man. It's cute, but ah, it's just, it ain't for me. What about you? I think it's a corny idea, but when you're a team like the A's and you don't generate much revenue to begin with, you got to do whatever you can to get money back to be able to pay players and pay the staff. So if you want to pay for that stuff, then go ahead. It's not something I would personally want to do, but if you're into that sort of thing, then I'm not stopping you. And don't forget the A's did not want to pay their rent in April or whatever it is. So clearly they need all the money they can get, but they did say it's going to go to the Oakland community fund and a bunch of other charities, fundraisers and all that stuff. And then John Heyman tweeted, Oh, are the A's one of the fundraisers? It's like, fuck you, John, shut up, dude. You're not funny. You're dumb face. Get out of here. Yeah. We do not like John Heyman here. I know Mariners fans definitely don't like him. That dude, We do not stand John Heyman. 
Sadly, we don't have a Disney movie to review this week, but next week we'll be back at it again and we're going to be watching Max Keeble's Big Move. I know that's a classic movie and I can't wait to see it. It was always a movie that they would put on during like our school parties in elementary school that no one would be really paying attention to. So I'm just excited to see it again. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in forever. So pretty excited to watch this and review it with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for that. So on to our non-sports topic of the episode, I'd like to introduce our new segment called The Fosse Five, sponsored by Ray Fosse. Even though he doesn't know it's sponsored by him, <laughs> it is. This is our new segment that we're going to name, that we're going to do for all of our top five lists. So I hope you're excited for that. And today we're going to be talking about our top five favorite albums of all time. So Robbie, would you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Well, I think we just do it how we normally we'll just go five, five, four, four, yada, yada, yada. Now, I already know that yours is going to be a bunch of fucking boy bands and high school musical and all that stuff so why don't you you go ahead and go first and then i'll kind of explain what i want to do okay well first i have an honorable mention like i do in every list it's chris brown's it's chris brown's exclusive album it was his second album it came out in 2008 i used to listen to that album every day especially in high school like driving to school just listen to take you down and kiss kiss with you every song on that album is just so amazing and i could listen to it over and over again Dude, much like so, every other album, much like every other album on my list. So amazing! Then why is it an honorable mention? Because the next five albums just barely beat it out. Oh God. Okay. Well. All right. Then uh, technically, I guess I'm going first then for my number five. So, I mean, if you guys really want to break it down with me, I'll do a genre top five for like each genre I listen to. I listen to a bunch of different music. So this one's just kind of like a big old mashed potato pile of my favorite genres into a top five. But um, at number five. I still love these guys. They were a big phase of mine in high school. It's 10 by Pearl Jam. That's number five for me. That grunge sound. My number five is the High School Musical 1 soundtrack. Oh, my God. Not surprising to anybody here. It's the greatest movie of all time with the greatest movie soundtrack of all time. So how can it not be on my top five? No shocking there. I'm, I'm dumbfounded at this point. All right. Number four. For me, I'm kind of a metalhead. These guys aren't too heavy. Actually, they really aren't heavy at all, in my in my opinion. Uh, it is Afterburner by Dance Gavin Dance. They are my favorite rock metal band of all time. And uh, they come in at number four. Four, this one was tough for me. But I put Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt album. It was his, it was his first album. Every song is just so good. I think it's lyrically his best album. He just goes in and, yeah, I love it. That's fair. I actually didn't put any rap albums on my top five because I haven't listened to rap on my own in like two years. <laughs> I mean, I'm not much of like a modern rap guy. Most of the rap I listen to is like 90s stuff. Yeah, typically I'm, I'm more like a 90s, like NWA, those kind of stuff like that. That's good rap. Like that's they were flowing back then. They had some meaningful lyrics like they had some passion behind their stuff. Now it's just the same old. No, it's all garbage, old, dude. Like my friends will be playing all this new rap and like it's just so I don't like it that much. I don't like it at all. So number three for me, my second favorite rock band of all time is Incubus. And they have a ton of albums, but my favorite album from them is Make Yourself. I mean, Pardon Me, Drive. It's got a bunch of bangers on that album. My number three, see, I could have swapped this with four. Like, I couldn't really decide because I love both of these albums, but I gave the slight edge to Jay-Z's Blueprint album. It was this 2001 album. It just, there's a bunch of like slower songs and... I don't know. It just cuts deep for me. Like every time I listen to this album, I think about how like Aww. when I go to Rehoboth Beach every other year or so, that's the album I listen to when I like walk up and down the boardwalk. So I just Aww, have a lot of good cute. memories of that album. Cute. Be quiet, dude. 
Aw, <laughs> sentimental rants. Aw. <laughs> Leave me alone, bro. <laughs> All right, number two for me, nobody's heard of this guy. Uh, he's really cool. His name's Nicholas Jamerson, and his album, The Wild Frontier, came out in 2020, actually. Uh, I love this album. It's like one of – it's an almost perfect country album. And this is like – when people ask me, what kind of country music do you like, I show them this album because it's like got everything I want in a country album. And I love it. So The Wild Frontier by Nicholas Jamerson. What's your number two? My number two is NSYNC's No Strings Attached album. I mean, NSYNC is the greatest boy band of all time. Banger. I know one episode, we're going to do our top five NSYNC albums, so look out for that. But just Bye Bye Bye, It's Gonna Be Me, No Strings Attached, yeah, Space Cowboy. I could go on and on about the many hits that are on the No Strings Attached album. It's just a great album in general. I've been listening to it every day for the last two weeks if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> Didn't you tweet out on June 30th, really late at night? You're like, tomorrow, and it was, it's going to be May. <laughs> it's going to be May. I mean, yeah. It's, it's July. July? Hey, whatever what I, whatever opportunity I have to spread and sync propaganda, I will do it. Yeah, that's very true. All right, my number one, it should be no surprise to the people that know me, it's Country Squire by Tyler Childers. He's my favorite country artist of all time. He gets number one for me. That man's a genius. He is perfection you my number one is michael jackson's thriller album i mean michael jackson's my favorite artist of all time and thriller is probably his best album of all time and just so many memories of listening to that album through the year just having a dance like him at like my high school dances and stuff and all that stuff i love michael jackson and i love every song on his thriller album it's like that's a cult classic that's a, yeah, it's a great, that's actually a really good pick for you. I thought you were going to say something completely stupid, so that was good. My list wasn't complete garbage and uh, not serious. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was, I mean, it was, expect, it was expected, so yeah. It wasn't, okay, but it probably wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. You probably thought this I was going to have. This insane. isn't as bad as our top five cheeses. No, my cheese list was great. You bent the rules on that. Yeah, people are giving me shit. Everybody hates it. But you know what? I'm sticking to my guns. Dude, cheesecake? Eh. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think Robbie bent the rules on that list? Just People let us know. Say yes, because Paul made a good point. I, I already used che a cream cheese, so yeah, whatever. But if you have a problem with it, I will gladly staple your tongue to your taint, and you can watch me kick your ass, because cheesecake's the best. We do what we want here on the All Hell Oakland podcast anyway. Exactly. Straight propaganda. The right way. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for another episode. I know it's a shorter one this week, but... Thank you guys for listening. Next week, we'll be back talking about Max Keeble's big move and whatever else we want to talk about. Hell yeah, brother. Hey, man, you getting, uh, you getting on PS4 right now? Yeah, I'll probably get on. Cool, man. I'll see you there. Thanks, guys, for listening. Okay. See Appreciate you. Talk you guys. to you guys later.